When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into today's edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, and what a treat today. It's just me and you in the studio, Stevie. Oh, Reunited at last. Oh. Of course, the big talking point away from what's been going on in the Champions League over the last couple of days is Thomas Tuchel announcing he'll be leaving at the end of the season. It's been an unmitigated disaster, really, certainly this year. Uh, the Bayern team find themselves a long way off by Leverkusen, behind against Lazio, out of the pole call. But the whole story for me is fascinating from a player's perspective as well. As we welcome in Nader Manua and Frank Leboeuf. It's interesting, guys. You've got these three managers who are leaving, yeah? Jurgen Klopp's going off into the sunset. Everybody wants to kind of do well for him to say goodbye. Xavi, I don't think anyone particularly hates Xavi. He's just a little bit out of his depth. But you've got Thomas Tuchel, who's ostracised part of his squad, who's openly criticised some of his key players. They now know he's leaving. Nathan, what's the motivation for those players now, between now and the end of the season? For example, against Leipzig, what do they care? No, do you know what, Dan? I think there's a difference between playing for a manager and playing for yourselves. And I think in Bayern's situation, they've got a chance to win another Bundesliga. They've got a chance to do well in the Champions League and potentially win that. And even though you might not necessarily click with a manager, all these things are still there available for you to do well and to sort of achieve something. And yes, you might be delighted to see the back of him. But these games do matter. And if you sort of just peter out between now and the end of the season, it's not just a disappointing year for Bayern Munich. It's a hugely disappointing year for yourself as well. And let's be clear, this job that when it becomes available, there are going to be lots of people who will be thinking about sort of applying for that job. Say the club looking to see who's going to select it. Well, let's see how those players react in this situation now when things haven't gone as well as they needed to in the first half of the season. This is when you show the character. And this is, you know, probably what we saw last year, for example, when they came back and won the title on the last day, you know, did going ahead of Dortmund in the final seconds of the season, basically. Like, Bayern players cannot quit, even though their manager will be out the door come the summertime. But, Steve, if you couldn't get a song out of this squad before they knew you were leaving, why would they up their game now? I, I, I don't understand why they would. You know, I, I understand that Needham's talking about the professionalism of the players. And you don't play with Bayern Munich unless you're a good professional, right? At the very least. So, yes, they're going to be putting it in, but to what extent? You know, we always talk about what you see on a Saturday is because of the process during the week, the training, the, 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 how, how sharp it is, you know, when you do your running properly. So your preparation is huge. Are you telling me that subconsciously a lot of these players are just not going to be going through the motions? And then, yes, when the game comes, they'll think, OK, oh, well, it's a game. That doesn't, football doesn't work that way. You have to put the work in, you have to put the preparation in in order to, come Saturday, perform. And there's no way that Kimmich and Goretzka in particular are going to be doing anything other than having a wee snigger under their breath and we're glad to see the back of this guy. But as I said, it will affect the preparation towards the game. The game's the easy bit. Turning up and thinking your attitude's good for the game it's completely different than spending a week at training not 100% being there. How do you handle this if you're too cool? 
I, if I'm Tuchel, I'm gone. I'm just. You would just I'm say, not, look. Listen, it's pointless. What chance? I don't understand. What, what does he think is going to happen? Because, as you said, he's not getting a tune out of them. He's, he's pretty much taken the heart of Bayern Munich and Goretzka and, yeah. and Kimmich, who are German boys, the whole, the whole nine yards, and, and ostracised them. So what, what do you think is going to happen now that the shoe's on the other foot now? Because you're, you're gone. You're leaving. Yeah. I, I, it makes no sense to me that Thomas Tuchel is staying there. He should get his bag and go. Because there's no way this changes at all. Frank, it's such a weird situation, isn't it? It is a weird situation. And I agree with Stevie on that part. That uh, Tuchel, if he doesn't want to... Uh, work uh, with the guys, he should leave right now because uh, it's not a good situation for the club, for the players, for the fans, and even for himself because he's not going to be listened. Uh, now, uh, Stevie was talking about the process of uh, working during the week in order to uh, have a good game on Saturday. But uh, uh, luckily, I would say for, for Bayern Munich players, they play every three days. So they, even, they don't even prepare anything. They just rest and play, rest, and play. That's a chance for Tuchel to avoid issues with some players. And on top of that, players like Kimmich or Koreska, they have a Euro to play, especially at home. So they have to make sure they're going to be good enough uh, to be at that time uh, good enough for their national team. So it's, a, it's up to the player, the professional players. All the names that we see right now are going to be involved, most of them, for the Euro. So they have to prepare professionally. Therefore, they have to perform professionally. So I don't have any issues with the players giving their best. Now, it's a real question mark for, for Tuchel. I don't know what he's going to do and how he's going to be listened. Do you know, you brought, up, you brought up Klopp, yeah, right? And we saw a Liverpool team the other night against Luton in the second half go in hell for leather. The crowd were behind them. The players just couldn't give enough. Are you really telling me there's any way that's possibly going to happen when Bayern Munich are playing at home? Mm. There's no chance. There's going to be dissent in the crowd. Half the crowd will be trying to get behind them. The other half will be complaining and, and it will be the same for the players. I just, there's no way possible that you, you step on the field at Bayern and the reception and the atmosphere is going to be anything remotely close to what we saw at Anfield the other night. Explain to me this, Stevie. A manager who's achieved what he has, who's got the experience that he has, how's he got the man management of this squad so wrong, so early? Well, it is completely perplexing. I mean, page one in man management, you know that unless you're replacing somebody, you've got to keep them on your side. Whether you think they're a good player, bad player, bad attitude, whatever it is, until you know you're replacing them, you, you can't be criticising them in the press and mm. criticising them in front of the team and, and mm. dropping them and, and doing all that and then expect to turn around and ask them to play for you. It's page one. This is a guy that's won the Champions League who's actually done this. It's absolutely perplexing. It's, it's, it's rookie <laughs> material is what it is. I think, I think uh, Tuchel got everything wrong at Hello when he came into the dressing room fighting uh, with the, the leaders of the dressing room. And uh, he was fighting against Kimmich, Goreska, even Delirte felt unwanted. It's where you lose the dressing room. You have to be psychologically ready 
to maybe get slowly in the way that you want to build your squad. But you don't go into the press, you don't go publicly, of course, and you don't go even don't go with the player saying, I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't trust you, you're not good enough. It's not going to work. They're going to destroy your dressing room. You will have to be psychologically more or smarter to, in order to build your team little by little. But you don't do that. He, he lost them uh, at, the first, uh, at the first step that he, he made into, into the dressing room. It's such a head-scratcher, isn't it, Nadim, given the experience that he has? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think listening to the way you guys are talking about it, it just take me back to, say, when certain managers come to new clubs and you know they have a belief that they have time. And when they have that belief that they have time, they'll be stronger with some of their opinions, stronger with some of the messaging. But the fact is time will come due to results. And I think sort of ostracizing some of those key players within that setup and within that culture, I think that's a big mistake that he's probably made there because now the team isn't performing well. And you know, to quote some things that I've seen in my career, there's a very, very awkward moment that comes when a player who's been significant for many years all of a sudden isn't sort of seen in the same light anymore. But that player can go up to a manager and sort of like push back and say, well, the chances are I'll be here longer than you will be. At that point, who's really got the power? And I think for Tuchel now, between our end of the season, as Stevie was saying, it's one of the weirdest jobs you can probably have in football where realistically all the people that were down given so the way you were treating them beforehand are now going to be up because they know you don't have the power anymore. The club don't want to give you that power anymore. You're not part of the long-term sort of decision-making and thought process for what's ahead. So how can you say this player's not good enough anymore when the fact is when pre-season starts, he'll be there and you will not? What's interesting as well is Tuchel's next step. Reports that Barcelona are interested in talking to him. You think, why? given what they've seen <laughs> over the last 12 months... Why is exactly the right word, isn't it? Well, it may, it may be more to do with who's available. You know, do, do you go with a, a guy who not that long ago won the Champions League? Mm -hmm. and, and when you look on paper, his CV is, is fantastic. But then if you dig deeper and you look at the mess he made with particularly experienced players at Bayern, you're walking into a team in Barcelona... Yes, we always talk about the young guys, but they've, they've got a huge amount of seasoned professionals. And, and so do you really want a guy doing the same thing with them? It's, I think it's more to do with who's available yeah. as opposed to, well, we really want Thomas Tuchel. But this is difficult to just sum up as an anomaly, isn't it? When you take a look at Thomas Tuchel, despite the success he had before Bayern, this is a big red flag if I'm looking to hire a new coach, Frank. Yes, it is. And I wonder why Barcelona is even interested about him. I mean, I would be the, I would be Laporta. I would say, well, OK, how he manages the, his, uh, his former team, how it works with Bayern Munich. Do, do, can, we, can we find something with him that we'll, we, we can, which can change something in our dressing room? And uh, we could see that some players, already senior players, are fighting with, uh, with Xavi. So why do you want uh, something different with somebody who did exactly the same at uh, Bayern's Munich dressing room. And therefore, yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky for Thomas Tuchel because who's going to be interesting about a, uh, a guy who's really to fight with the players? It doesn't work anymore like that. Maybe in our time it was possible. It's not anymore. Players need to be cuddled, need to be treated with lots of respect. Maybe it's not possible for Tuchel to work that way.
Uh, of course, what hasn't helped Tuchel's course is Bayer Leverkusen's season so far, unbeaten in all competitions, and they are absolutely flying, aren't they? They are eight points clear at the top of the Bundesliga table. They're six to one on to go on and snap that winning streak from Bayern Munich. And of course, Xavi Alonso is the hottest property in Europe at the moment. Maybe you have questions about my future, but I have nothing new to say about that. For me, this speculation is not a problem. I know that my goal is to be successful with my team. That is my job. We are currently in a good position and we want to keep at it. It's normal to have questions, but it's not an issue for me. Nadam, you're Xavi Alonso. What are you doing? Staying at Leverkusen, going to Bayern Munich or going to Liverpool? Do you know what? I think if the Liverpool one comes in, I think, I think I'd take it, you know. I think he seems like he's going to be received very well there. I think there's an understanding that, you know, Jurgen Klopp has had such a significant sort of tenure there that the next person coming in can't be exactly the same. And because Javi Alonso has played for the team, you'd think that he'd be given time. But he's doing something that's very, very impressive in the Bundesliga right now. He's a young, up-and-coming manager. And yes, he is new to it. But arriving at a place to manage for the first time that you've played at before... I think that could be a positive for him. I think the Bayern Munich side of things, obviously that's a great job in itself. But I think that sort of allure of going to be the manager at Anfield to get a chance to you know, potentially be there for so many years and to be welcomed back, as I say, like a hero. I think I would be leaning that way. But then in the same breath, because he's so young to it and he's so new to it, there's probably also not too much harm in staying at Leverkusen. But again, I think if Liverpool call at this moment in time, I think that's got to be the one you take. History has told us, Stevie, it's not easy to step into the shoes of some legendary managers. You look at the Manchester United mess that is still continuing. After Arsene Wenger left, Arsenal had a period, didn't they, under Unai Emery. So do you want to be that man who comes in to replace Klopp? So all of those jobs you were talking about there, yeah. the team was in disarray. Not disarray. No, the United team, just won the, a title. Well, hold on, hold on. I've used the wrong word, disarray. OK. Man United needed rebuilt. Yes, they won the title. Yep. But the, the, the squad needed rebuilt, no question. Yeah, as will Liverpool. And, and as... Well, see, here's the thing. Are Liverpool really in that position? Van Dijk and Salah would be your issues, wouldn't they? Getting older. They're still, they're, they're still, under, they're still under contract for another year. There's no, way, there's no way that they're selling both of them. Uh, and if they do sell Salah and they get stupid money, that's, there's, your, there's your kitty for, right. for going and get the players that you want. Plus, you, you know, we, we talk about... Young players, young players shouldn't be, you shouldn't be relying on them to win a Premier League title. But the fact is, the amount of young players that Liverpool have blooded this season has to be great for the next guy coming in, along with what he has. We're talking about a team that, that is challenging for the Premier League title against a team that we all think is the best team on the planet in Manchester City. So really, is that, it's, that's completely different to what anybody United took over and what anybody Arsenal took over. You know, could you go to Bayern? Well, listen, Bayern are always going to turn around and start buying players. So that isn't a bad option because mm. eventually Bayern's going to be back in the top. We know that. But to be able to take over a Liverpool in the position they're in, where they're not struggling, where it doesn't need completely rebuilt, it needs a couple of bits added. Perfect for him. Uh, meanwhile, Frank, you take a look at how this affects the players at Bayern Leverkusen. Does it at all? given all the speculation about their coach's future? It, it's a problem. It's a problem. And it's why I was thinking while uh, Stevie was talking, what would be my decision if I was, uh, if I was Xavi Alonso? Because, mm. I mean, will it, wouldn't it be 
tempting for, for Xavi Alonso to confirm what he's uh, right now doing with, uh, with the, the players and, the, and this club. I mean, if you can confirm in the Champions League the absolute fantastic game that you're giving to every, every, every weekend, sorry, to the fans and, uh, and the performances that you're having and the results that you're having, why don't you want to try, um, if you have the same squad, to, to confirm that? That would be very interesting. Now, it's true. If the players see that the coach is leaving, I think they will have, they, they will have maybe, or they would be tempted to, to go as well uh, because they don't know what uh, what's going to expect next season. Um, it's, it's, uh, they really, everybody's really on the edge right now. And uh, to know, and I'm sure at the board, at Leverkusen board, they must wondering as, as well what's going to happen next season because they're going to be in the Champions League, but with which, with which team and which coach. That's the real problem. Uh, and uh, I would be Xavi Alonso. Yes, it's, it's nice to go back to Liverpool to get a club with a sparkle, with a, the history. I mean, it's beautiful. But you, if you lose some players at Liverpool, like Salah and Van Dijk, will it be another team? Will it be another atmosphere in the dressing room? That you don't know. I will secure something with Leverkusen again to confirm and have a beautiful season in the Champions League and maybe confirm in, with another Bundesliga title uh, and try to keep all my players to make sure that uh, I can have the, 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 the success that I had uh, the season before. Well, Bayern Leverkusen have the opportunity to stretch their lead to 11 points at the top of the table. They're in action tomorrow as they take on Mainz. Then on Saturday at the Allianz Arena, Bayern Munich against Leipzig is our late game. Our coverage starts at noon Eastern. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Meanwhile, in the Premier League, Liverpool sit top of the table and it's no surprise that their home form has been a massive reason as to why they find themselves sitting first in the Premier League. 28 matches unbeaten at Anfield. They've only lost one in their last 55 Premier League games at home. They've only lost 11 ties in 161 games since Jurgen Klopp took over. The reason we talked about this is it was in some interesting stuff from Rod Edwards, the Luton Town manager, after their defeat against Liverpool at Anfield yesterday. Yeah, we just made him angry, I think, didn't we? Um, yeah, I thought it was overall... Um, yeah, really good first half performance. Second half, I just thought we saw Anfield. You know, we saw Liverpool, saw that full throttle football. Their counter pressing was incredible, suffocated us. Fans were amazing, and it was probably difficult for the players to really concentrate and um, and play like we had done in the first half. But in the second half, I just think their their, their real threat came from their counter pressing, their intensity, really put us on the back foot. And clearly, it's disappointing to, to concede from a corner and a, and a throw in as well. So those are the bits that we know we can improve on, especially when in that noise and, and when you know your mate next to you can't hear, you've got to be able to deal with those situations better. And, but look, bigger and better teams have come here and that's sort of happened to them as well, so it's not a disgrace. It was like the cop was just sucking, sucking it in and it couldn't really get out. And yeah, as I say, we saw Anfield and, and Liverpool in, uh, at its best, I thought they were brilliant. I know we're going a little bit Liverpool TV, but it's interesting to have a manager be so open and honest in his analysis of that second half, Stevie. You've played there, you've experienced that, you've been on the right side of that. Yeah. It's that extra man, isn't it? It's... So here's the thing, I didn't... When, when you're playing in that sort of atmosphere at home at Anfield, you're carried along. Right. And you're carried along to the extent that you don't understand what it's like for the opposition because you're just getting, you're just getting, you're, you're, it's you're, on, you're on the magic carpet and it's just flying along. And so you don't understand it until you go elsewhere and experience the same thing on the other side. Right. And I did that at United at Old Trafford when I was with Sheffield Wednesday. All of a sudden I'm thinking, you can't, I, can't, I can hardly breathe here. I'm, all I'm doing is run. I can't breathe. I'm sure they've got 13 or 14 players on the field and the place is just going bonkers. <laughs> And, and, and after the game, when I was thinking about it, I'm going, now I understand what it was like for people going to Anfield. Right. That's, that, you, you, you're on a magic carpet, you're just flying along and you just go with it. Uh, Naden, what's it like to be on the opposite end of it all? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not that much fun, to be honest. I'll be pretty <laughs> clear about that. I think Robert was speaking about it there. We're, let's let's be realistic. I think his Luton side were always going to struggle at Anfield, you know. And I think that noise in that section gets that little bit louder in the second half of the season when their team's behind and they really go for it. Liverpool have such a strong style of play, as he mentioned, with the counter press, you know, throwing bodies forward. Like when they go high energy, they're as good as anyone, whether they're playing at home or away. 
but they are a really, really good side. And coming up against it, it does feel loud. And I think for me, this might sound stupid, but this is why I think sometimes it's valuable. If you win the toss, just change ends, because then at least it knocks them off 1%. Maybe they help you out a little bit, the fact that Liverpool are attacking the other end in the second half. But these teams, when they get going, they're really, really good. But look at the players, look at the goals that they're scoring. And again, it's against Luton. Other sides have come there who are better sides and they will struggle. But it's just because, for me, Liverpool are a good side. And when the noise does go up, it can affect people. But then also that's really exciting to play in because we'd much rather play in stadiums like that than ones where you can sort of chat to somebody who's 20 yards away and not hear a peep in the, in the crowd. It's not just Anfield, as Stevie mentioned, Old Trafford back in the day, the big stadiums all around Europe, Frank. But it must be difficult to try and focus on what you have the task in hand when you've got all that noise and all that quality coming at you as well. Yes, definitely. I mean, the, the, the 12th man, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's so important that you feel that. And when you play against, I play in Marseille, I play also in Galatasaray, in Turkey. I mean, it's a real nightmare and you can feel it's like you feel in danger because you know that you're like gladiators, but you're about to, to, to die on the field because they, they, they don't want you to be successful. So you have only one option lose <laughs> and leave but that's what it is that's what you feel when you play when you play Anfield when you play at St James's Park uh oh you Old Trafford I uh, didn't experience that it wasn't that crazy for me Ivory at the time for Arsenal that was also a great atmosphere you you can feel that in fact you want to win you say well you know they didn't lose a lot you know we want to make sure they're going to shut up but you not you don't succeed because like any others the team is too strong. The fans are helping them out like crazy. And of course, they're, they're too many, like, uh, like Stevie says, on the field. And it's impossible to win. So you go to uh, uh, fantasy to reality. That's what it is. From fantasy to reality, that's what it is. Because you cannot cope with that. I mean, I played at Liverpool. The first game that I played, I lost 5-1. And Liverpool wasn't the Liverpool that Stevie knew uh, or the Liverpool that we can face now. It was... It was a good team, but not a big-time team. And we lost 5-1, and it came out like crazy, crazy because of the atmosphere. And you cannot talk, and you cannot cope with the situation, and everybody drawn, and that that's happens to, uh, to everybody. 161 games, and they lost only uh, 11 times. That's crazy. That's great. But that's Liverpool. I mean, you know that. When you come, before coming, it's written, this is Enfield. <laughs> so they warn you. <laughs> I don't know whether you noticed. Did you see that last goal? Yes. The camera went to the to the, the boys celebrating. Did you know, did you recognise any of them? Dan's, McConnell, Bradley, Quonsa, mm -hmm. Elliot. Half the team. Half the team's a bunch of kids. And they can produce that in an atmosphere like that. Wow. Uh Nathan? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say as well, I think what we need to sort of put into sort of perspective here is that there's something about it because not every game they play there, they play really well, but they do find a way. And also, like a real sleeper stat, Liverpool is obviously a tough place to go. I've got to say this, I beat United in 2008 at Old Trafford, not the first time City had won there in 34 years. So there are certain areas, like going to Old Trafford back in the day, like that's the idea of Fergie time. Listen, you turn mm. up. The food afterwards was nice. That was it. You go home. Nothing else to be said. But I think Chelsea also, I think Chelsea went on, they were unbeaten at home in 86 games. Mm. That's one of the most slept on sort of like stats I think that the Premier League's ever seen because it doesn't feel as impressive as say Liverpool's does. But still, as you look at it, this was years of them not losing at home. I think this was under Mourinho. 
And these teams, when they get like this, you turn up and you can think you've done well in the game, but more often than not, you leave with nothing whatsoever. And it's a huge asset for these sides. And it's a big reason as to why they're always competing for, um, for titles come the end of the season when they're like this. We can say something. No. Uh, it will then be, of course, a neutral venue uh, this weekend as Chelsea take on Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final. Um, according to the bookies, Liverpool are big favourites. Chelsea coming in at 5-4. to four. Uh, Jurgen Klopp was asked about uh, Liverpool's favouritism. Uh, we will be big favourites? Definitely not. Since we played them, they've improved a lot and it will be tricky. No doubt about it, Chelsea are trending in the right direction. But how far to be able to stop this Liverpool side, Naden? Yeah, uh, well, to be honest, Dan, the last time I went to Wembley to watch Liverpool-Chelsea, it was nil-nil. That wasn't too much fun. And then I think the time before that, it was also nil-nil. So that, again, <laughs> yeah. wasn't too much fun. But I think arriving in this moment <laughs> now, you can see Chelsea have got more of an attacking potential. Um, but I think as far as Liverpool go, though, it's that sort of like high tempo. And the way that, say, Chelsea did well against City just a week ago, Liverpool don't really play in that same sort of style. So from a matchup standpoint, I'm still going to have to lean heavily towards Liverpool. And yes, they won't have so many key players there, as I'm sure they'd like to, or maybe people who aren't necessarily 100% fit. But Liverpool feel just like, for me, quite, quite clearly the better team at this moment in time. And because it's Chelsea, do we get good Chelsea? Do we get bad mm. Chelsea? Because I think even on this day, a good Chelsea is competitive. But I still think Liverpool come out on top. And if we get a bad Chelsea, we'll see a performance like they gave at Anfield just a few weeks ago. Uh, Chelsea fans will look at Liverpool's injury list and be hopeful, especially if there's no Salah or Darwin Nunez available as well, Stevie. How much of a concern is that? I mean, it's huge. You know, you've got <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. You've probably got, what, six, maybe seven players who would start missing. Mm. Now, I've been talking about how good the young guys have been and, and the compensation for some of these guys that are out. But we're talking a cup final now. This is a different ball game. It's a completely different scenario to, to playing in a league game. And this is tight. I think this is tight. I think do Liverpool, you really? I do. I think Liverpool just shade it because, of the, because they're in good form. But it's a cup final, uh, and it's not at Anfield, it's a, which changes a lot of things as well, particularly if you have to play some of the younger guys. So this is, this is a lot tighter than I think the book. Certainly the bookies have got it down there. We'll get your actual prediction tomorrow, Stevie. Mm. Oh, good luck sleeping tonight. Uh, Frank, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> well, I think uh, we can listen to all Liverpool former players or coach, and they're very politically correct, so pretending <laughs> that they don't think that the Liverpool is from far the favourites. Uh, but uh, I really think that they are the favourites. But it, it's true that uh, uh, the result only depends on what Chelsea would be capable of doing against Liverpool. We don't know exactly what Liverpool is going to do. It's going to be vertical, it's going to be uh, fast, uh, and, uh, and it's going to be good. Uh, if Chelsea is capable of playing like they play against Aston Villa or Manchester City, uh, with more pace, that's going to be a fantastic game. If they start to do their stupid tiki-taka where they go nowhere, just keep the ball, they're going to be hammered like they've been hammered like a month ago. So I'm expecting an open, go an open game with lots of goals, and like the two last time, like um, Nadem uh, mentioned, um, but it's really up to Chelsea uh, and, and, their, and their performance uh, to see what result they're going to get. But... Uh, Let's let's go for 3-3 uh, to please Nedham. 
Do not have a nil-nil. <laughs> oh, that took a long time, didn't it? Crikey. Yeah, but who wins it? You can't share the trophy. When was the last time with a 3 3? Of course, it's going to be Chelsea. I cannot say Liverpool. You know, Steve is going to say wait. Liverpool. I'm going to say Chelsea. And Adam, we don't know. Is neutral. Oh, we'll find out. We'll find out what Nadem has to say where he'll be joining us live from Wembley in our pre-match show, which starts at 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus, as we'll be carrying the exclusively the Carabao Cup final. All about the domestic cup over the next few days. After the Carabao Cup final, well, we focus on the FA Cup fifth round. Monday sees commentary take on Mason. Tuesday, we will keep an eye on Bournemouth, Leicester, Blackburn, Newcastle and Luton Town against Manchester City. And on Wednesday, four ties for you, including Chelsea Leeds, Forest, Manchester United, Wolves, Brighton and Liverpool, Southampton. Manchester City, eh? Haven't exactly been blowing teams out of the water of late. Yeah, they have won three of their last four, but Nadem's here, so we may as well talk to him about it. Frank joins us as well. 102 shots and seven goals, Nadem. That's like your tally back in the day. <laughs> you think I had that many shots? You've lost your mind, Dan. <laughs> lost your mind. If you included training, playing video <laughs> games, that's still, not, that's still way more than me. What's yeah, going on? Are you been, worried? It's not been great. I think seeing... Uh, am I worried? Am I worried? Dan, I'm so neutral. Disregard all this oh, stuff you see around up. here. I'm so neutral. Uh, so I'm not, that I'm not worried. I'm not. Hey, I'm neutral. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this is the second, in the second half of the season, you see so much anxiety. I think to a certain extent, you probably saw it in the first half at Anfield yesterday or whatever it was. And I think for City, like there's anxiety there amongst the crowd because they know you're probably one bad week away from everything going down the pan. And seeing people miss big chances, whether it's Bernardo Silva the other day or Haaland against Chelsea, I think it will cause a sense of anxiety. But again, you sort of, I think you look at it in a bigger picture and say, well, are they creating opportunities? Is it a case they're just not taking them now? Or is this just who they are? And I think the fact the opportunities are there to me show that they can be competitive. Yes, I think they'll drop points again, but it looks like other teams will do as well. And while they aren't necessarily blowing teams out of the water, like I saw the game against Copenhagen, like, they basically gave Copenhagen a goal. It was a good finish, but it came from a mistake at the back. And I think for City, they have creative players around. It'll be interesting to see how injured Kevin De Bruyne is at this moment in time. But they have the ability to create chances. And I think Haaland knows he can improve. And other players know as well. So I think more goals are to come. And if they manage to do that, you know, they'll still be very much in with a chance of winning something in the coming months. What about the other end, Nadam? You get a feeling, as opposed to last year, where defensively, City looks so solid that there is more of a vulnerability this campaign and it is being exposed. Yeah, I think so. But I think some of that's to do with, say, personnel, for example. I think last year, seeing the likes of Gundogan and, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne playing centrally, like, these guys don't really turn over the ball in the same way that, say, some of the players would do now. Say, whether you're looking at Foden, looking at Doku out wide as opposed to Grealish. And I know some people feel frustrated with the way Grealish plays, but it's a way which sort of secures the football overall. So it was harder for teams to catch them on the break as such because there weren't as many turnovers, whereas I think they're more turnover happy this season. And then when you look at the back, they play in a very aggressive manner and space is there. And I think credit to all the sides for being brave enough to be able to sort of soak up pressure, but then still commit bodies forward in transition. But they still need to be able to take those chances. And yes, they have been taken this year, but all the teams kind of play in a similar way. And I think for me, the only defence that really sort of looks good from my standpoint, especially, well, 
that was a lie. I was going to say I was going to say uh, Gabriel and Saliba, but they've not necessarily been perfect. I think it's just the way City play. They'll give you a chance, but they'll also score a ton of goals as well if you don't manage to capitalise on your own opportunities. And the good thing is, unlike some other pundits that we have on this show, as you have done an accountancy course, asking you a percentage question should be quite simple, Naden. <laughs> if I ask you how you would divvy up yes. between Liverpool, Arsenal and Manchester City. Oh, that's, that's really good. I think I would give Liverpool 40, City 30, Arsenal 30. That's what I do, just because obviously Liverpool are top now, and the fact they're going to play City at Anfield, I think, is hugely important. As you look back at the last few years where City have won the league title, the second game against the competitor has always been at home for them. But City have no record at Anfield. I think me, even right now, I've got a better record at Anfield than some of those City players, which says a lot, <laughs> considering how bad my teams were. So I think that matters. And I think from the Arsenal perspective, that game is going to be key. Because say if there's a draw and Arsenal continue to be in the form that they're in, before you know it, they might get the chance to jump up just that little bit higher and be really competitive, especially knowing that they've got to play City as well. So I'd go 40 Liverpool and then 30-30. But as you can see, there's very little in it. I was so hoping you'd get those maths wrong. Uh, Frank, you haven't said anything? Do you want to add anything? We've talked about this a lot, haven't we, with you over the last few days? Uh, no, no, no. I just uh, about because you asked me that question yesterday, and I was completely wrong in percentages. So, so I, it's for now for me. I think as this city is, is above everybody, and uh, I give 45, 35, oh. and twenty for Arsenal. 30, oh, 35 for, for Liverpool, sorry, and twenty yep. to Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, he got it wrong yesterday, Nadam. That's why he's, he's, he's trying to rectify everything. Oh, my <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely wrong, completely wrong. And all my dumplings, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> Who's the favourite, Simi? I think you've got to go with City. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, Nadam done, says Liverpool. Know. Well, I find if, if Liverpool had no injuries, then I'm, I might be inclined to think about that. But when you look at the injury list, I mean... At Anfield, yes. Away from home, can you cope with that many injuries? I'm not so sure, which is why I would suggest City are favourites. Uh, meanwhile, away from the Premier League, just some news that's uh, been breaking over the last 24 hours. Uh, Tony Cruz is going to be representing Germany in the summer in the Euros uh, after coming out of retirement. Uh, he's set to face France and Netherlands uh, in those friendlies in March. Meanwhile, Danny Alves has been sentenced to four and a half years in prison for sexual assault. Uh, Gavin Jules take you through everything that's been happening in the Champions League over the last couple of days and a lot more as well. Be sure to check out the latest edition of their show. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Meanwhile, Inter Miami's first game of the season took place last night. They're in action against Real Salt Lake. Uh, That's Messi. He plays for Miami. He's quite good. And Luis Suarez is there as well as Will Smith in the crowds. 17 minutes in. Uh, Messi with a free kick. It's cleared. Good coaching. Two on the line. That's a tough one. Tough for Messi that. Nowhere to go. Uh, we saw it work out well last season and the Messi-Robert Taylor combination would <laughs> start well for the Shocking. goalkeeper here. Shocking goalkeeping. I mean, that's just horrible. That's schoolboy goalkeeping. All the camera phones are out when Messi gets the ball and he's had the opportunity here to score his first of the season. Trying to make something work. Dribbles over the injured player. That's <laughs> <laughs> a block. What a touch as well. <laughs> just dinks it over him. Watch this, a little dink. Out of the way. <laughs> oh, I wish he'd scored without him. Oh, is that not bad sportsmanship scene? Seven minutes to go, Messi finds Suarez, who in turn plays it into Diego Gomez, who makes it 2-0. Yeah, I think we can look forward to some combination play like this during the season. Messi getting after it, nice little ball to Suarez. He lays it off. And it's the spikes into the bottom of the net. So into Miami 2, RSL nil. Stevie and Nadem, of course, know MLS well. Nadem, is a lot of noise about Inter Miami being big, big favourites to go all the way and win the MLS Cup. Uh, do you agree, or would you be concerned the fact they've got an ageing squad and a long way to go? <laughs> I think when you've got Messi in your side, you've got to have belief that, yeah, you will probably have a good run to try and win all of MLS Cup, but... You know, it's not that simple. There are other good sides within the league, and I think they need to be consistent throughout, but then also to have that drive on towards the end. But I think, as you can see from that second goal, they always have that ability to create a combination, you know, to have that sort of messy Suarez to somebody else and really just find something out of the blue. And again, you know, MLS, it's more competitive than people think. Obviously, Messi is the best of the best. But what's it like when you go on the road? Does that same style of play travel well? When you're traveling around in the summer, different different conditions, you know, when they, you know, travel to, and they're playing on AstroTurf, how would that, how would that play out for them? But, you know, with the talent that they have and the manager and the belief, yes, they'll be desperate to win the competition, but so will other sides. And I think they just need to make sure that they keep ticking the boxes, doing as well as they need to. And even like yesterday, you look at, you know, I know everyone's into XG, 
we look at the XG, it's not like they had two, three, four XG with some of the creative players that they had. You know, they've managed to win this game and have just enough, just about enough moments to get across the line. But yeah, I'm a bit down, as you can see from my flag. You know, I'm an RSL guy. So know, yeah, I'm not too happy with it. And I, I think know. Messi should have kicked the ball out. That's, bro, that's, my, that's my boy Brody on the floor getting the ball dinked over him by Messi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. And that's like, going to be a big play to fame now, isn't it? Joking, I, was the one, I was the one that Messi chipped over the he, ball over. Hey, listen, it was him. Yeah. It was him. And, and Justin Gladue headed the ball away as well. You know, these are my guys. But, you know, it, it's one of them. Everyone's <laughs> going to be watching into Miami. Everyone's going to be watching Lionel Messi. But it's a long season in MLS, and you need to be able to just tick over at the right times and find form when it matters the most. And that is coming the end of the season. But given the generous nature of the playoffs, Stevie, yep. this is just about balancing, isn't yes, it? Yes, 100%. I mean, if, if Inter Miami get into the playoffs, which you expect them to, then absolutely they'll be favourites. With the experience and ability they've got, uh, then yeah. But between now and then, though, it's, it's, it's about fitness. Honestly, it's about fitness. Older European guys that come to MLS, the one problem they have is staying fit. Right. When they're over 30, whatever. And, and that's all that into Miami have to worry about. Now, the problem is as well, you've got Messi who, who's going to be going to the Copa. And if he also goes to the Olympics that they're talking about, he's going to be away for two months. So, I mean, it's not quite cut and dried. It's not quite cut and dried at all, but if they get in the playoffs, they'll be favourites. Uh, the latest edition of Football Americans was live after the Inter-Miami game. You can check that out. Seb was joined by Casey Keller uh, to give their first impressions of what they saw uh, from Mr. Messi. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned, though, as we have Nadim and Frank returning. Stevie here as well to answer your questions for extra time. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Frank is with us, Stevie as well. Nadim, it's the first time I've been with you since your new background. I've got to ask you some of the, uh, some of the things that we see. Is that, is that you and your mum behind you over your head? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's me and Mumsy, yeah. It's me and Mumsy. This is me oh, winning the uh, Premier League. Uh, just there. It's me winning the Premier League. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. It's a great year. Uh, yes. Jürgen saying a few things. Sure. This is me talking to a referee very nicely. You know, yes. yeah, this is for the this is the Gavin Jules. Oh no! We'll uh -oh. never know uh -oh. the significance of the old-fashioned phone. <laughs> Dear me! Did you have a phone when you were born? Like when you were growing yeah. up? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have one of those. I got to, I got to tell you. So, in our living room. Yep. We had an alcove in the corner. Right. So there's the back wall. Yep. My dad's chair's here, mm -hmm. the alcove is there, and the phone is there. Right. And he used to sit like that. <laughs> Listening to everything. And you could, what we used to do, if ever we were organising to go somewhere, yep. didn't want him to know, we'd go to the house, go across the road, past the shops, and use the payphone. Because he, he would, my, my, my old man would be listening to every word he said. Yeah. It would always be a two-word two conversation, I'll call you back in a minute, or whatever. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. Oh, and then, and obviously, and they had a box. We had a box. It's for the coins. And every single time we, we put the phone down, we go, have you put any money in the box? 
And we'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get it. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. Ah, oh, the old days. I pictured all of that in black and white. Uh, do you guys think it's an advantage or disadvantage that Liverpool had a midweek match while Chelsea have been off since Saturday? Or will it not make a whole lot of difference heading into the final on Sunday? What do you think, Frank? Well, it's always better when you rest, but I would say that... Um, and, and, and it's true that for Liverpool, it's getting, it's getting uh, tricky because of the injuries that uh, they're facing. Uh, so therefore, I would say yes, it's an advantage for, for Chelsea. Um, but the players, you know, I always thought, you know, if I don't think too much because I have so many, so many games to play, I'm happy about that. When you, when you train for a week, you know, you, you, you have to work physically, you have to work tactically, you have to wonder a lot. When you just play every three days, you rest, uh, you jog a little bit, you have some games, you work on set pieces. That's the only thing you really do and you only play games. So it might be a little bit better for your, for your brain, I would say. What do you prefer? Oh, off. You're off? Ah. Rest, preparation? Absolutely. 100%. There we go. Nadim's back. Nadim, what's the phone for? Uh, this is the Gab and Jules hotline, just in case, ah, yes. you know, Gab goes on holiday or something, Jules will give me a call, and then before yeah. you know it, there I am straight down to London, just talking that talk, you know, filling in I for would, the big I fella, yeah? unplug it. Yeah, yeah just hotline. unplug it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Plug it. And, and what's the quote? Because we can't read the quote, As you can see, it's say? not real, so... Uh, it is says, it? I'm not sure if you've played football, but these kind of no, things happen. That. Uh, said Jurgen Klopp famously. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a Klopp what's question if you never played. Mm. What's the sticker? Why don't I ask him? Yeah, yeah, what's the yeah, sticker yeah, yeah. above the phone? There's like a. That, it literally says Gab and Jules hotline. Ah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. There we are. Perfect. And what would you prefer, Naden? Mm, playing midweek? Who's see. got the advantage, Chelsea or Liverpool? I'm listening. Uh, I think you'd prefer to not have a game. I think obviously, you know, from Liverpool winning the game, being in the Premier League style, that's great. But I think managers have been complaining about schedules for years now. So if you can have time off before a big, big game like that, then yes, you'd absolutely take it and have enough time to sort of prepare and not like be in Liverpool's position today where you're also doing recovery as well as preparation. So I think it'd be better to not have a game. So Stevie, do you see Bradley taking the right back spot full time, even when Trent Alexander-Arnold? Who's that? What's that noise? No idea. Who's that? It's sorry. Ow! That's me. Come on, Mike. What's going on? Who is that? Sorry. I'm being serious. Listening to me. It's listening to me. Oh, and he's telling no. me I'm wrong. And I'm, I apologize. Oh, no, that voice series got off. Not sorry. now. Sorry, Calm down. <laughs> uh, where are we? Bradley, <laughs> right back, full time when Trent comes back. Well, I think Trent will get the position back, but. I couldn't find anything called Bradley Wright set up and find my dad. <laughs> I think. I think when Trent comes back, he'll get the position, but there's no question that he's getting pushed. And. Uh, Again, depending on what the new manager feels is, is the most important thing, is, he, is the new manager going to be willing to sacrifice defence for attack? So that could, that could definitely decide whether Bradley plays in front of Trent. What a professional you are, Stevie. The phone's going off all sorts here and you're still you're right. giving very sensible <laughs> answers. Uh, since Ted brought it up, which national team job would be the best fit when he decides to leave Manchester City, Frank? Uh, rank these jobs, US, Brazil, England, France, and let's throw in Scotland for Stevie. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> uh, I don't know, but I think I think I, I would love to see one day, you know, because we almost saw that Ancelotti with Ancelotti. I think it would be a very good experience for a top, top coach uh, in Europe to go to Brazil and train the national team. That would be very interesting. I want to see that one day. Uh, and um, I will... I would love to see Guardiola going to Brazil. Uh, that would be that would be great. Um, yeah, that would be my choice going to Brazil. How easy though would it for Pep to kind of incorporate his philosophy, Naden, having players for such short amount of time? Mm. Hmm. That's a brilliant face. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's upset. He's upset. He doesn't want to answer. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Stephen? Well, he's not getting the Scotland job, is he? No, no. What about my question I put to Naden, which was a really interesting question? Oh, but Brazil? No, it wasn't about Brazil. <laughs> was it? I wasn't listening. Oh, God. What was it? It was about the fact that how easy would it be to, for him to incorporate his philosophy on a player, on a squad that he only has for a little bit, as opposed to day-to-day? Well, he would have to calm down on the talking every two seconds and giving orders and do this and doing that. I, I, I think international management is completely different from club management. Yeah. Um, you you can't overdo the way he talks to players. Right. No, no chance. I don't. I think. Do you think he can do that? Do you think he can rein it in? Rein it in, or is it just part of him? No, he's a smart guy. He, he can rein it in and, right. and 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 use it when he needs to use it and when it's needed, as opposed to constant the way he does it. His club team. So yeah, no, I don't, he would be able to do it. Yes. Frank, what did you make of Messi flipping the ball over the injured player and shooting at goal? In your playing days, would you have responded to that or just ignored it? Uh, no, I never experienced that, and I found it very. Um, Funny and the same time very well organized and played. You know, uh, you cannot avoid the player. Why don't you chip it on above it? And uh, and it's funny because I guess when the the injured player will see that, he will say, "Did it really happen? Did he do that to me while I was injured?" And that was that was very nice. I loved it. I enjoyed uh, watching it. Now, would you have got up and tried to kick him, though, Frank? <laughs> Oh yeah, I would step. I would step on him. You know, of course, I would chip the ball and step on him and uh, carry on. Of course, you know, uh, don't go for nothing. <laughs> of course, we, we saw this week Andreas Bremer passed away. Stevie, people were asking who was better in their prime, you or, or him? For those who didn't see him play, how good was he? Oh, he's fantastic. Listen, the Italians at that time were buying all the best players, uh, and he went to to Inter. Uh, I think he played with Jurgen as well. The thing, the thing about this guy that uh, whenever um, the name is mentioned, now this guy's a left back who's predominantly left footed, right? Yep. And he gets to take a penalty in the 1990 World Cup final and he takes it and he uses his right foot. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I but mean, Stevie, Stevie, I mean, he, he was, um, as you say, he was um, ambidextrous. And ambidextrous, yeah. He can yeah. use the two. Yeah, he, he was completely ambidextrous. He said that. It wasn't a problem for him. It's like Dembele. He doesn't know which is his favorite food, which I knew Honestly, about myself, I, I, for sure. But I, I, that just bamboozled me. I'm like, right. he's taken. Because I was watching, I remember watching his run up, and I'm like, 
How's he going to kick this with his left foot when he's running up like that? Yeah. And then he didn't. He just whips it in with his right peg. I mean, I thought that was frightening. Frank, uh, do you remember, Stevie, do oh. you remember that, oh, sorry, do you remember that uh, uh, Portuguese player Shalona uh, Sh Sh or Chalano or something like that played for Benfica, then played for Bordeaux, and he, when he was playing with national team, he mm. was shooting, he was a left-footed, and he was shooting with his right foot all penalties, and he scored. Shalana, uh, Shalana was his name, Portuguese no. guy, unbelievable. No, I don't remember, Frank. Uh, Frank. How good was Christoph Duggar in yeah. his prime? I think he was as good as Berbatov with many similarities, but not as appreciated. Mm. That's true, that's true. I even compare him to Zlatan Ibrahimovic at some point. Uh, very strong, very hard to catch. He, 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 uh, Christoph is tall, technically very good. Um, I love him. He's my friend. He was so lazy. That's why he didn't. He wasn't appreciated because because he didn't care. He was happy to play at this level. He didn't want to reach another level. And uh, but you know what? When Emi Jacquet made this list, the first name that he put on was Dugarry. He loved wow. him. He loved him, and uh, and I love him. The way he was playing, and when he played against Milan, AC Milan in a European Cup, that's a great game playing at Bordeaux when Bordeaux eliminated uh, the great Milan, AC Milan. Dugarry was simply amazing. And I, I, it's very nice to compare him to Berbatov because they were so strong, but technically so, so fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy. But it's a pity that Christoph didn't want to improve. He didn't care. He was gifted and that was enough for him. What was everyone's favorite meal to have after a match? And any difference in meals uh, one would have based on if you won or lost? Stevie? Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Aye. I mean, on the odd occasion, if you just, we went, we went, we went rogue, could have sausage and chips or wow. pie and chips. Wow. Generally, just go with the fish and chips on the bus. And uh, tell, me this, tell me the story if you ordered something a little different. Oh, Ronnie. Well, Ronnie got the bus on the way to the game from the hotel. Okay. Asking everybody what they wanted. And if you didn't see sausage and chips, fish and chips, pie and chips, or chicken and chips, if you asked for anything else, right. he'd turn around and look at you and go, who do you think you are? <laughs> As if you would be like Bertie Big, Big Spuds. <laughs> so if you ask for a burger, you're in trouble. Oh, forget it, hey. You'll have one of these four, and that's it. <laughs> uh, Frank, what did you have? After, uh, after a win, after a loss, was it different? No, no, no. I, I never, never was uh, very much hungry after a game. I was really thirsty, so a beer was perfect for me. I'm going to ask a question now about thirst, which intrigues me, Frank. You're doing your play at the moment. Do you have to be careful about the amount you yeah. drink going into the play, given that there might be a need to obviously go to the bathroom? <laughs> well, no, it's not like in a, in a football game, and uh, Stevie, I think, experienced that. He can uh, witness me on that matter. We don't want to go for, for a little pee, let's say, uh, <laughs> go to the restroom during the game. We're completely closed, and, uh, and we can play for two hours without uh, having shop, to go shop. to the restrooms. And, uh, <laughs> and, and for the play, well, it's what I thought. For the play, uh, no, no, I don't have that feeling. But I sometimes go out, you know, uh, when you supposedly leave the, the stage uh, yeah. for like one or two minutes. If I really need to go, 
I go straight and uh, I think everything's all right, but I, I don't I don't have to. It's part of my, um, you know, preparation where I go before, like I used to do uh, in football, and then I fight for like two hours. Well, I just love that we've gone down this road. <laughs> Our producers now going, get on with it, move on, finish it up. Uh, that is it. We are done. ESPN FC will be back on your screens tomorrow. Stevie will be giving his prediction for the Carabao Cup wow, final. Weird. Oh, how exciting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use indeed to hire great talent fast and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.